Spring is here and that means tulip time. On this episode of Garden Time, we pay a visit to the fields of the Wooden Shoe Tulip Fest in Woodburn, Oregon and preview their upcoming festival. We'll talk with owner Barb Iverson about the history of the fest and get some tips on growing tulips in your garden. All coming up next on Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. And welcome to Garden Time. Today we are at the Wooden Shoe Tulip Farm and we are talking with Barb Iverson. Wooden Shoe has been around the Pacific Northwest in the Willamette Valley for decades. You guys have had a tulip festival and people mark the beginning of the growing season by your festival. It's kind of cool. Have you ever thought about that, that you know, people are so anxious for color that they, they look forward to your festival? Well, I know we, we try to create traditions, but you make me sound really old. <laughs> <laughs> Started by folks and, and the rest of the family. So how many years has it been? And uh, So this is our 39th annual festival. So festival. We actually started 41 years ago. Wow. So, um, but actually we started before that because we started growing tulips in the mid-70s. And we grew from a, for a guy in Terre Haute, Indiana. And he would come out to the Willamette Valley because our season is traditionally two weeks ahead of Holland. So he could grow the tulips out here and take them back to Terre Haute and force them for Christmas. So we kind of had a corner on the market because the tulip, the flower and the tulip is actually formed in August. So when you cut a bulb in half in August, you can actually make out all the flower parts. Really? That's called the G stage. That's cool. So that's why he grew in this area. And actually, Tofty Farms in Canby, were, they were growing tulips, and they didn't want to grow tulips anymore. And we were, f you know, family friends. And so we said, yeah, we'd, we'd grow. So, and that was in the, in the mid-70s, and that's when we started growing tulips. Wow, wow. And it, it's just amazing because yeah. it's, gone, it's grown so much um, over the years. And you guys... Um, you do, not only do tulips, you do other bulbs as well, but the festival is all about tulips, and it roughly goes about six weeks, right? Or sometimes longer. Right, the festival is all about tulips. So when, when, so the, the gentleman that we grew for, when he retired, we bought his bulbs, oh. and we went into the bulbs, bulb sales, wholesale bulb biz, business. And that's a tough business. So it, it wasn't going very well, so my sister, myself, three sister-in-laws, and, and my younger brother started a little company called the Wooden Shoe Bulb Company. And we went to garden shows. We take a sheet of paper, and the first two years we went to the first yard garden and patio show, and, and the Portland Home and Garden show, all of those. And it didn't go very well. So you take a, a sheet of paper, and it, it, it really yeah. isn't yeah. so exciting. And we had a couple neighbors that kept saying, "You got to open your field. Open your field to the public. You know, they'd love to come out here." And we're like, "Ah, why would somebody want to come and see a crop? You know, it's just a crop. Because we're farm kids. We're farm kids. You know, we're it's a crop." And um, we had a, a field that was going to be. Uh, we, well, we're coming up on Easter, and we were going to be in full bloom for Easter. We thought, "Okay." Let's give this a try. So we went to the Statesman Journal, and we took out a little ad that said, you know, come for the weekend and see the tulips. Yeah. And we took a wheelbarrow out there, and we made a little PVC greenhouse. You know, I remember bending it over and putting it in the ground. And, and we um, went out and picked some tulips and were, just put them in the wheelbarrow and some water and sold them for a buck a bunch. And that weekend... We had a traffic jam. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and the little road that we were on, granted, is like eight feet wide. Right, so right. It, it's, right. it's, it's tight. I mean, it's, it's easy to have a traffic jam there. But we thought, maybe there is something. Maybe there's something here that people do want to see. And that was the beginning. You know, we, we rotate fields, of course, because you need to rotate the fields. And so the, the next three years, we were in fields up the road that we had rented. 
and we realized that traffic was going to be an issue that we needed to deal with and, and safety. And so then we, we kind of came back to, the, to where we are today. And the rhododendrons that we were sell, you know, that we were growing in this area, that whole market was changing. So we were getting out of the rhododendron market and it kind of set us up for this rotation that we could do with our tulips. So really that, that all worked out well. So those early years, how many acres of tulips were you guys growing? Because well, you guys, you were mentioning rotating fields, and uh, you have pretty good-sized fields here. Yeah, we, we still had, I mean, remember the first year, we probably had only three, four acres. I mean, they were, they were smaller fields at that time. And then um, they grew as we got into it. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how the varieties have changed over the years. So we've had varieties. We used to grow a lot of Darwin varieties. Those have, most of those have died out on us. And um, a lot of triumphs now are, are, have taken their place, single eights. So we see a little shift that way. Yeah. The single release. Different breeding. Or? The breeding these days they do for really greenhouse production. Oh, so okay. that's where cut the flowers. bulk of it, cut flowers and, and potted tulips too. Oh, okay. But most of those are triumph tulips. So there's mm -hmm. a different, it's, it's just different. Oh. You know, and, and when we got into the business, there were a lot of, a lot of growers up in Washington. We'd go to a Northwest Bulb Grower Association right. and there'd be like, you know, 30 growers in the in the room, and we just saw this steady decline of, of growers as the market shifted. That they couldn't um, they couldn't compete anymore. The market changed. Right. And um, you know, even for, even for us, you know, we got into the cut flower business, and um, we really our success really didn't start until we focused on our agritourism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our, our inviting people out to our tulip festival was a game changer for us. Yeah, so you had become marketers and advertisers and that whole other, oh, I don't know how to do that. Whole different, you know, you I'm got learning. out of the wholesale and you get into <laughs> sure. direct, and it's more rewarding too. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really fun, rewarding. Sure. It's, yeah, it's fun. Is it rewarding? <laughs> it is, you know. It, it, <laughs> on that it, Saturday when you have cars uh, down the street. Right? You know, the, that's one of the things with COVID we have found though. You know, as horrible as that was, and you know, we were three days from opening that year in 2020 and we, we shut down for the season. But when we brought the, the festival back, we went to time ticketing. And for us, that's a game changer because the customer experience coming out here, we limit the number of people that come in. We don't have the lineup of traffic anymore. We don't have to do a traffic management plan with the state or the county. You know, people can drive right in. And the whole experience is so much better. And I think, you know, uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording. It seems to be where a lot of industries are going. I know the Iris Farm is doing it too. And it really actually creates a better experience for people coming out without having a horde of people there. And you're getting the best experience. Yes, it's costing you a couple of dollars, but you're, you're out here, essentially, you have the fields with a much smaller group of people. Well, I can, I can tell you when the, the, they come in and they don't, haven't sat in traffic for two hours with the kids crying in the back and the husband pissed off, why do I have to come out here? Um, the, the, it's, it's a better experience yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more space. <laughs> like, they they do. They can yeah. just drive in. Oh, there's no traffic. Yeah. It's not. And, and our neighbors really appreciate it, yeah. too. Yeah. We, it's, it's really much better. So you, know, you started out, you know, you said like three or four acres. So what are you up to? We're we're up close to, now? to forty, between thirty-five. Oh. You know, right in that area, because yeah. um, we want to know, be known for the the wow, that experience that to come out and walk through a, a farm, right. and experience the beauty. It's just unlike anything else. I yeah. mean, you just where can you do that? You can go to the city park. You can go to the zoo. You can go, you know, the rose gardens. Oregon Garden, things like that. But to go out on somebody's farm and walk through right. the field and see the beauty, and you know, especially right. when Mount Hood's in all its glory, and uh, it, it's just there's nothing like it. Right, because you know, like you said, you know, when you first pull in, you know, where you're situated here in the Willamette Valley, mm -hmm. it's you know these big open rolling hills yeah. and fields with the background of you know Mount Hood and the Cascade Range and the foothills and the snow-covered mountains, and then these beautiful, massive tulip fields full of color with that in the background. It doesn't get much better. No, it, do, it really doesn't. Yeah. We, used to, we used to have a side story. We used to have a harpist that came out and played. And uh, my aunt, she was, she was getting up there a little bit, and we took her out in the gator, and they're playing the harp and the, the mountains oh, and the beauty. Right. And she said, this is as close as I'm ever going to get to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I just, right. well, I, and I hope, I hope it's not, but, yeah, yeah. 
But even you know the people sitting in the fields painting. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it is a picture when it's, you when you come out here. It is, and you know that perfect shot of you know your kids or I mean I I, rem I have one that I use when I I give talks and my yeah. kids there's one of those big wooden shoes and Emily's like four and the other two and a half or something. And I wanted that perfect picture of them with the field in the background sitting on that wooden shoe. And you'd think I could get them to all cooperate and smile. They were mm, and grumpy and crying and all of that. And um, I, I just remember, I, I go back there when I see that picture, how they're lucky to live to adulthood. <laughs> but they recreated that picture a couple of years ago. And oh, it's, it's my favorite picture because it just takes me back to that moment in time when, you know, and relive it when they were that age. and. And, yeah, <laughs> but you know no, those are iconic photos. It's like Santa Claus pictures and yes. everybody's albums. So exactly. your family is like introducing it to all the other families, yes. which is so cool. And then plus, with all the influx of people come here, they don't live in farms. They don't live in rural areas. They live in cities. And so to come and experience this, it is really eye-opening. Well, and, and tulip, the universal appeal of flowers in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, we. Pre-COVID, we'd put up the map. So we had a world map, we yeah. had a United States map, and an Oregon map. Of course, Portland would be dismounted. But the United States map, it would take us about one week to hit all 50 states. Wow. Really? You know, it's just, amazing. it's wow. really amazing. But was, what was even more amazing to me was the world map. And, you know, we hit about 140 countries Wow. that would be pinned. And you'd watch somebody pinning, you know, a country somewhere obscure, and you'd go talk to them. Is that really where you're from? You're just pinning yeah. that. Mm -hmm. and, and it would be. It, wow. it really is a universal appeal. And, and what's so fun is everybody's so happy. You know, it's just, you yeah. can walk through the field, you don't know what country you're in, you're, you right. hear all mm -hmm. these languages, all, see all these different uh, costumes, and everybody's happy. It is just yeah. unlike anything oh, else. I love it. So, cool. so when you yeah. first started bulbs, like you said, you, know, you were a grower, you're a farmer. Yeah. Right, did you ever think you would get to the point where you've turned, turned it so much that it's this agritourism that people from all over the world are coming to see what you're had, doing. I had no idea, wow. but it, yeah. again, it's it's so rewarding. You know, I, I, I was figuring, you know, this is our 39th annual festival this right. year, and you, you look at numbers over the years and how many people have come in, and I, I figure three and a half to four million people have walked on this farm wow. and enjoyed the beauty that wow. we, we create here. And, and it's so cool. just, you know, how, you, I mean, it's just a rewarding. Right. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work to put it in. But. What a family legacy. I mean, yeah. I remember seeing your folks walking yeah. through the fields oh, they loved when it. I first yeah. started coming out right. yeah. and talking about your children. This is a something that your family takes very much uh, a lot of deep pride in doing really this festival. Do. I know how hard it was during COVID that you guys couldn't open the fields. And it wasn't a money issue. It was just, it was like, you know, part of your heart was ripped out yeah. for not seeing, you know, people that come every year, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, the, obviously the festival's going to go on. I mean, we're a little late this year and we should address that because you aim, you have a timeline that you aim for. And because flowers are weather dependent, we've had some snow, we've had some cold weather and this isn't nothing, this is nothing new for you guys. No, it's not the first time we've had to, to delay the opening. It's one of the, probably one of the later openings that we've ever had. Mm. You know, it used to be we went uh, March 20th to April 20th when we first started the festival, and then we started. Well, okay, let's let's make sure we hit spring break because there's stuff for the kids to do. This year, though, it's it's a different year. It's cold. You know, looking at the forecast, there's not a lot of warm weather coming, and it's just going to be a delayed opening. And you know, the the thing is that we get asked, well, will you extend it? Tell me what the weather's going to be in, in April. Right. You know, are we going to hit a 90-degree day, or are we going to, is it going to be 60 all, all month? Right. You know, we don't know. We've, I think in 39 years, we've gone twice to Mother's Day. Yeah. So it, it does happen, but do we know now? It's, I remember um, doing the weekly TV show. We would come out at the very beginning of the mm -hmm. festival, but then we'd always make a trip back out later in the festival because depending on the weather, sometimes you were extending for a week. Yeah. And some of, sometimes you're like going, you know, the heat is hit, we're going really fast, you gotta come out now. Um, yeah. And so it's really hard to tell. That's why the website is so important. Right, for, we, right, we do that field update, that field report on our website, and you know, our, our Facebook, Instagram as well. We keep, we keep everybody posted. You know, it's a little trickier now that we're you know, all on online ticketing. 
So, you know, you're, you're trying to get your ticket to come out, but right. normally that second week of April is, is a kind of a prime spot from there to, to later in April. It, it's just hard to, it's hard to say. We never know. And the website is? Woodenshoe.com. <coughs> Woodenshoe.com. Really Very easy to get <laughs> yeah. to. But, yeah, um, but the tulips yeah. are, it's not like they're all coming on all at, oh, all no, at once. Oh, no, no, they're and not. Blooming out and <coughs> well, we have, because we have the right. different categories of tulips. You know, right. there's 13 categories of tulips. So you have the single earlies, the triumphs, the Darwins, the single lates, all the others. So, you know, we'll start with the single earlies and the Fostriana. They'll, they'll start blooming. Right. And then and it kind of moves into the, the Darwins and the triumphs. And then the single lates, you know, they're, they're another week away. Right. So, you know, we do get a, a spread of bloom. So when you say peak bloom, yeah, there's, there's a time when it's worth coming out, but we're not 100% in bloom because right. the early ones might be already finished blooming and the late ones may have not have started. You're never blooming. going to be so, 100%, right. no, 100%. 100%. in bloom. Right. But I think that's a great tip for gardeners, that you should have all these different kinds in your in your landscape so that you can enjoy them for so many weeks. I exactly. mean, how many weeks really would that You can total? do about six weeks. Wow. Easy. And, and, and you can do more than that because some of the species ones you can get to bloom. We had one that used to bloom like the end of uh, February. And then you get into the, some of the single lates, and they're, they're almost May. Yeah, that would so. be so beautiful at your home, though, you know, to take yeah. it home, take those memories home, which is so wonderful. I, I love when people, I see people taking, you know, the potted tulips home with them because That's, it's a great souvenir. It and is a order. <laughs> although, although last year we got asked it, and we, every few years we, we always get this question when they buy their cut flowers. So I just take these and put them in the ground. Oh, so, yeah. you know, there's oh. <laughs> a little education, yeah, a little education, but it's, you know, you can buy the silk flowers that you <laughs> no. just bring up. No. These you could, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. The silk flowers here in the gift shop, you can you do, can that, do that. But yeah. you mentioned earlier one and done, and we've talked about this before. People will show up in August. Mm -hmm. They'll see the pictures of the fields. You guys have a photo contest every year where amateurs and visitors can submit their photos and people will show up and say, where are the blooms oh, in August? Always. And they're not going to be here in August. No, they're not gonna be yeah. here in August. But, you know, we, we, we look as, uh, as a family and, and, you know, as we pass the farm on to the next generation, what they're looking at, and I mean, they're looking at, okay, maybe we should have flowers in, in August and maybe we, we do it with other flowers and not tulips. Yeah. So, you know, look for, for something in the future as far as a, a flower festival of some sort. Yeah. But so outside, yeah, outside <laughs> the festival, um, Wooden Shoe has grown quite a bit. I mean, you guys have more. You guys are in, in, now have your own wines. We have our own. So wine. even if people don't make it to the festival, you can come out here and drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a wonder. I mean, you have uh, fall events. You have you know stuff happening at the farm almost all the time. Well, we work. You know, I, I strong believer in giving back. Mm -hmm. So we work with a lot of nonprofits. So American Cancer Society does Relay for Life out here. You know, as that as that whole thing has changed from walking the track for 24 hours you know it's it's now they come out here for for a full day and we end up we cap it off with a night glow right. hot air balloon night glow oh. so those kinds of things we um we work with the alzheimer's association um we've got the local rotary for a mud sweat and barbecue um so it's and that's a that's a mud run as Ooh. well and look for you know we're, we're looking at a a mudder run with your pet so oh. we're, we, we, we go through and we dig all these pits and do all this thing and it's a lot of fun and we get, you know, people really enjoy it and then it, it's all done in one day and it's like, maybe we should add another event. Yeah, right? so <laughs> come out with your dog and, and, and run through right. it with your dog. So, and we're, so we're tossing ideas around of, oh, you know, other things we can do out here. Oh, I was going to ask, so we were talking about the festival, but what can we do? I mean, we come and we look at the tulips. I mean, they're oh. the star, but there are so many things to do. It's, it is a full day. It, it, you know, there. it really is uh, food. So don't eat before you come out. So we're working <laughs> with the food carts. You know, one of the things, Portland's a foodie place. You know, Oregon in general is a foodie place. People are looking for unique things. So, you know, we've got some food carts we're working with, coming up with like new ideas, uh, so watch watch our Facebook right. page and Instagram for that. We're looking for and, and some the new ideas. And the drink that goes along with yeah. it. And the drink that goes <laughs> along with it. Yeah, we have slushies here. You know, we, we play right. with the slushies. We mm. we work with uh, Bauman Cider, excellent cider, yeah. but we make slushies out of their cider, wow. which is wow. really good. Yeah. Yes. Guess <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to come out. But so that's good. Yeah. Right. Our, our, and we and our wines are unusual anyway, because we've got Albarino, which is, you know, a, a Spanish wine. It's a little bit different and Arpino right. and, and, and we've got a, uh, a port 
that's like an Australian oh. port, a good port. Not not the port that, you know, the good port. The good port. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's too good sometimes. But um, you had mentioned the kids. I mean, Judy brought that up. And so this is a family oh, yeah. place. I mean, you can come out and you guys have, you know, things there's for the kids. There's, yeah, yeah, there's kids activities and, and rides and yeah, slides yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, and, there, and we have these cows. They can just put their kid in. They're free. They're just laying around. Well, they're, they're rolling. You can roll them around. It's like a cow cart. Oh, you can put the kids in and, and take them around. And, so and the kids cute. just enjoy it. If, I'm, shoot, if it's raining, the kids are happy because there's plenty of mud puddles for them to play. <laughs> well, and you, yeah. and you also have um, vendors that come out and we sell vendors, local yeah. products. Yeah, and, local and products. And it's, yeah, we have a, a line of vendors. And they just come out and look for those, those unique things, right. uh, things that are a little bit different. Even, even our gift shop. You know, we've got a lot of unique items in here. So if you're looking for that thing for Mother's Day or, or I don't know, that, that perfect well, gift well, for and, somebody. And tulips. And tulips. Let's go back to the tulips okay. here. So, but, you know, so you can, you can come see the fields in, in bloom yes. you know, and view what you actually like. Right. But, you know, you're not necessarily going to you know, have potted tulips. But if somebody wants that tulip that's in the field... We have a we have a catalog, so right. we have a catalog. You can go online, or you can order right while you're here. But you can order the bulbs, and then we'll ship them to you in the fall. So right. yeah, we do that part. We do we have potted tulips. You can you can purchase while you're out here, um, um, and you many, can buy flowers too. How many different tulip varieties? Are there, or do uh, we have? Do, do we? <laughs> there's have there's thousands, right, thousands. Right. You know, there's 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 so many. You know, what's interesting is some of the old varieties that we used to to have are gone now. You know, they, they kind of die out. And the industry has changed as a whole in Holland as well. You know, it used to be, again, it's gone to the larger growers. This grower specializes in these two varieties. Um, it's, it's just a different market these days. And um, it's just a change that's, that's interesting. Do you, do you see, ch is there changes in like the coloring or the shape? Or no, the, or it's the, the varieties. Brand. You know, um, the single lates, we don't see as many single lates as we used to. Um, it's more the production and the, the breeding is, is for the greenhouse production and the potted production, not for the homeowner. You know, the, the, yeah. not the parrot varieties right. or, or some of the more unusual ones that, you know, I love right. are, are kind of hard to get. And that's why it's nice that you're, you're doing these and growing these here and, right. and selling your, yeah. your bulbs because you can still get some of these varieties some of these we can, that but you're not going to find yeah. elsewhere. But even, even that, we, we see a change. I mean, I see a change in the field of the varieties that we started growing with. Yeah. And we, we grew Darwins, a lot of Darwins early on. And um, the Darwins about 20 years ago, 25 years ago for us, they went away. Mm. I mean, is it, they is just, that like a, a climate kind of thing? Like I don't soil know. Thing, I think it's a soil no. thing is what I would, I, what I would attribute it to. Um, you know, disease, that right. sort of thing. And they're, they're just, you know, each bulb's a little bit different. Sometimes, sometimes the neck's a little more open, so it's easier for the spores to get down in there. You know, we noticed right. that in, in our greenhouse production. Right. We saw that. So just because I have trouble growing tulips at home, I mean, the experts do too. So, so, so singularlies, <laughs> triumphs, yeah, there's, there's, certain, there's certain tricks. And don't, you can't plant, you know, tulips don't like wet feet. Right. So this year's, you know, we, we really work on the drainage and the soil management with our tulips. Right. You, you got to have that drainage because if they sit in, in water for 24 hours was kind of our rule of thumb, it's done. They're, They're dead. They're gone. Right. They'll drown. Now so, here, here in the Willamette Valley, it's typically been pretty good sandy loam soil for yeah. growing, growing things. Do tulips, you know, across the United States, is this, do they grow better here in like a Northwest kind of thing or? Well, of course they do. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, of course they do. But, you know, no, our, different our, climates our, tend to have. Well, like, you, you have to have the chilling. So for example, I was down in Texas um, and there's a couple Texas growers down there. There's one yeah. in, out of Austin and there's one out of Dallas. Oh, wow. But they get the bulbs pre-chilled already. And um, they grow for it's you pick, and so uh -huh. the the new n the new thing right now is tulip festivals across the country. Right. So there's one down out of L.A. There's, oh, I mean, there is one yeah. out of Reno. You go back east, they're all over the place. Oh, but it's it's all you pick. So, okay. f but for us and for I mean for me, I like the the wow factor. I want when you come out in the field like, that's something. That you can't experience right. anywhere right, else, right. rather than you know. Well, I picked those two, but I don't want right. that one, so I'm gonna <laughs> right. throw it in the in the right, pile right, here. Right. And, and that's in seeing the other fields, and not not to disparage them well, at sure. all. It's all a different experience. Sure. But I want that like 
this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in sure. my life. Right. Uh, experience. You start yeah. getting tens of thousands of people coming through and, and chopping at your fields ah, all, all day long. A, exactly. The experience for the next person might right. not be right. there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so talking about that different parts of the United States, that you ship to where they're going to grow well, your kind of tulips that you sell the bulbs. Yeah, we sell, we sell the bulbs here. Most of our sales are, are local. I okay. mean, they're, they're Oregon, mm -hmm. Washington, that area, that, that regional area. Uh, a lot of it's gone online. Okay. You know, we, we ship uh, the bulbs usually late September, early October mm -hmm. um, when it's time to, to plant them. To plant them. So it, it, it works well for us. Right, okay. It's interesting because, you know, a few years ago, um, you guys had a tulip that was Garden Time, named for exactly. our show. <laughs> and I think, it, no, no, no. I think it, what it does, it, it, it's not anymore. In fact, I think what it does is it proves that there are newer varieties that always come out. So the Garden Time tulip was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was, it, and that was so unique. But yeah, right. champagne. Yeah, and yeah, they came out and they, they uh, baptized, baptized the flower. It. <laughs> it was wonderful. That was great. Um, but I think a lot of people forget that um, as hybridization gets better, you're going to get better tulips. There's much better tulips out there now than there, the Garden Time one. It was We were very proud to have it. Thank you, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those because um, you're also relying on getting bulbs from other hybridizers to grow. Right. And so you have to kind of go with sometimes what the market exactly. does. And exactly. So, and, um, and, it, and that does happen because the, as varieties change, as old varieties, that well, the, the stock kind of declines and, and we can't get it anymore. One one that I really wish we could still get is Mary Widow. Mm -hmm. It was it was beautiful. Uh, I don't. It had a, a little white trim on the end, and it was kind of a reddish color. Beautiful, but the name sells. We can get one that looks just like it, but it was Gus Papendrick. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so names names do oh, sell, sure. and we see that too. And when you have different varieties, and they look alike, and Garden Time was. A great name. <laughs> it was a great name. And it's interesting because the, it did, um, in the years following, there were other tulips that came out that looked a little brighter, that looked, you know, and it, and it was similar. a, yeah and, yeah, and it was very similar. And of course, um, as a grower and hybridizer, you're going to use the stronger of the flowers. Yeah. And like you said, the market has now gone to cut flowers more than just, you know, having flowers in your bed. So um, I think a lot of people forget that, that they're going, the, Varieties are going to change over time. They do, and, and a lot of them, the hybridizers, of course, are going to go where the money is, which is the cut flower market, the potted market. They, they Holland did a couple of years ago a big campaign of um, dig, drop, done, yeah. mm -hmm. and because they wanted to get people to think how easy it is to plant a bulb, and it really, there's nothing to it. You can't, right. you can't really screw up a tulip when you plant it in the ground. You know, as long as it doesn't sit in water, just dig a hole and drop it in, and, and it'll if even if you plant it upside down. It's, it'll figure out how to come up. See, and we're going to talk about that's the second half. <laughs> second half of the podcast, we're actually going to talk about some uh, care tips. Um, so having a family business like this, and, I mean, you have a very large family. You have multiple, you know, brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces, daughters, that kind of stuff. So um, how big can you grow a, a, a seasonal tulip business <laughs> or well, wine business or... Well, uh, we have we have some parameters. So I've, there's there's like 23 nieces, nephews, my kids. Um, not everybody can come back. So we we set some parameters years ago. But it, you're essentially saying this business is not going to go away. You it guys, wouldn't you, is going to be here? Well, like, exactly. Yeah. But we, you know, we, we want we want some of the next generation back, and and we've got four that are really dedicated, awesome. Um, awesome people that are, are going to keep going forward with this. Nice. And so we're, I, we're pretty excited. Yeah, and I know you tried to recruit one today. Your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's back. She's, yeah. you know, she, she did her, her college degree and then went and worked away two years. Last year she traveled around the United States working at tulip festivals and then worked in upstate New York. And then she traveled to Tasmania and worked in a tulip festival in Tasmania. So, you know, she's well well-rounded and I think she, I, I just hope we don't overwork her. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's, yeah, we, we want them to be passionate and to love what they do. Well, that's, that's, I think that comes so through cool. the passion um, of your family and the festival itself. I, I uh, don't know if people understand 
the blood, sweat, and tears that go into holding something like this for this many years. It's incredible. So um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some care tips and um, how you can make your bulbs uh, beautiful and last for a long time. And so we're going to take a break and listen to our uh, sponsors and our friends at Capital Subaru, and we'll be right back. For 75 years, Al's Garden and Home has been a favorite destination of local gardeners. Starting in a small roadside fruit stand off of 99E in Woodburn by Al Biggie, Al's has grown to four retail locations in the Portland metro area that also includes a huge growing operation near Hubbard. To ensure that you get the highest quality, Al's grows over 80% of the plants they sell. This fourth generation family owned business is now one of the most recognized garden centers in the country. Stop by one of our four locations to learn why Al's is the first stop for Northwest Gardeners. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family where it's your, your way, way on the parkway. Garden Palooza is back. Join us on April 1st at Bauman's Farm and Garden. See over 30 plant growers and garden vendors. There's free parking and free admission. Enter to win a garden arbor and more. Garden Palooza, Saturday, April 1st at Bauman's Farm and Garden in Woodburn. And welcome back to Garden Time. We're at Wooden Shoot Tulip Farms, and we're with Barb Iverson, and they are known for 39 years of having the Wooden Shoot Tulip Fest. And we've had the pleasure of coming out here many, 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 many times. And we mentioned earlier that there was a tulip named Garden Time for the show, um, which now has better offspring out there, so, which is fine. But um, I wanted to kind of focus the second part of the podcast on tips. Um, so you sell the bulbs, you sell them in pots, and people t go home and sometimes they don't have the best success. Um, what, let's start with the soil. What kind of soil is the best for growing tulips? Well, the tulips are a little finicky at times, so they, good drainage. That's, that's the most, most important with tulips. You know, if they sit in water at all, if they sit over 24 hours in water, they drowned. So you're gonna you're gonna lose them. It's it's so good drainage is, is the best part. Rodents, you know, they love tulips. We've we've seen it uh, time and time again where where either the the mice come in, the bulls come in, they they eat the bulb. Or we had time in our in our barn when we were forcing tulips that the mice there were so many bulbs there that they could come in and they would they would eat in the side of the bulb and they would they would take that flower out of the middle because it was a tender part so you know they it's a delicacy right. and you know deer the same thing you know how many times we've heard over the years oh, oh they were just about to bloom and that then and they, they go out and they're all gone off, yeah. yeah so you know tulips they they kind of are a delicacy that way so they can be temperamental now you, you grow uh, them here and we were talking about soil so um, we, a lot of gardeners around here, we have clay. And so when they put the bulbs in, if they don't improve the soil, it's essentially just a big clay pot that they're dropping their bulbs in, correct? That's right, yeah. You've gotta have that drainage. You know, you can, you can dig that hole and put them in there, but if that hole holds water, yeah, you're, 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 it's kind of a waste of time. Now we get people that are asking, you know, they plant them, should they lift them and store them? Or, no. is it or is it better to dig <laughs> no, uh, you know, no, Some want to dig, dig them up and some, store them and re replant do, them but, in the fall. But, but you, you know, tulips you can leave in and they'll come back. Yeah. You know, they are a perennial. It's, it's just a matter of after a few years, you're, if you don't dig them, they're probably going to go away. But then yeah. again, you're going to have to remember to dig them and replant them. Right. So, you know, it's as in any, any plant. Which it depends how much work you want to right. put into right. it, and so, and really the, a lot of it's the care of right, the flower. Right, I was just going to ask. Yep. Yeah. So so tulip. Let's pretend this is tulip. I'm not going <laughs> to rip it apart. But so after it's finished blooming, one of the one of the best things you can do is is snap that flower off 
I'm not going to do that because I don't know that I can get that back on, but you take that flower because there's a seed pod in there. And that seed pod, there's hundreds of seeds in the seed pod. And it's usually, it's really a beautiful when you let that yeah. seed pod go because that pretty. seed pod yes. grows. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens is all the energy from the, the plant goes up into that seed, ball, mm -hmm. seed pod for the uh, seed production. So what we do is we go through and we snap that flower off right here, right below right the, 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 right at the top. And then, and we call them Marie Antoinette tulips. So <laughs> you'll go out there and there's off there's with no, their heads. Off with their heads. So there's no there's no flowers out there. But then all all of the energy goes back down into the bulb for a bigger bulb. So it, if you don't do that, you can reduce the size of your bulb by a, about a third. Really? So you really it, it's important that in your own yard when that's done blooming, just snap that seed pot off yeah. right at the very and top. Leave all the rest of the stem. And leave the rest of the stem, stem and then and you the just bullets. leave it there. And it, it and about five weeks after it's done blooming, five to six weeks, yeah. you go out and you give it a tug, and a lot of times it'll release from the bulb. That's that's right. but that's so that about how long. just going to yellow out and brown. It's going to yellow out, and brown out, taking all of that nutrients. And then and, then and that's when your bulb's growing bulb. is in May. Um, for us, so all that energy goes down. Because if you go out now, there's uh, well, when the when the flower's like this, and you pull that up, there's not much of a bulb under there. So those daughter bulbs are forming, and then but you want all that energy to go back down and form those bulbs. But that happens in May. That's why when we get like a, a hot day in in May, we know that our bulb size is going to be small because the plants shut down. So those those warm days in in either April and May aren't are not very good. One, it shortens the, the length of time they're in bloom, but in May, it, the plant shuts down. And so we, we like a kind of cool, cool May, right. and, then, and then it gradually dies down and we get bigger bulbs. And you had said something earlier when we were off camera about you know the seeds in a, in a tulip, and that you can grow <laughs> the tulip from the seed, but you can, but if you've got to be patient, How many years? it's about no. seven years. So when you, the seed pod inside, it's really beautiful because that seed pod will get, I mean, they, they get fairly large, a couple of inches right. and, yeah. and around, and they're, they're just really cool looking. And you break them open, and there's, there's hundreds of seeds in there. But, yeah, it's about seven years yes. from the time that seed, um, you plant that seed to the time you get a flower. And wow. they're going to be different, though. They're not going to be that same color. They're exactly. going to be all kinds of different. All, all kinds of different. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's better to buy bulbs. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, a lot quicker. <laughs> so planting bulbs. So we've, I remember years ago when we were doing the TV show, it's like have their noses point to the sky and the bottom of the bulb point to the soil. You really don't do that here, do you? I no. mean, and the home gardener doesn't have to do that either. <laughs> we, you know, we, we plant with a machine. So a tractor with a hopper, and, and we've got a, a system they use in Holland. So in Holland, when they had urban encroachment in Holland, you know, they used to put it all on the sandy soil. They got kind of pushed onto heavier soils. So what they did is they developed a system where they plant them in nets. It's kind of a long nylon net. And they're like oh, half a mile long, the netting is. And um, the, the, the tulip will grow through that net, but the bulbs contained within that net. So we plant in that netting, and then when it comes time to dig, what we do is we, we have a machine that, that comes underneath that net and lifts it up and puts it on top of the ground, and then another one that lifts it up and then splits it open, and then we dump the bulbs out onto the conveyor, and then we haul it into our shed where we separate the bulbs, and then we put them on an air wall all summer long so there's fresh air blowing on the bulbs. So, which, is, which is pretty, we've been out here and yeah, watched you harvest, so which cool. is pretty fascinating. Yeah. So it really is. You can is. find that on the Garden, T Garden yeah. Time TV yeah, yeah. website really and our archives. Yeah. Is, but yeah, it's amazing watch. because, you know, they're, these bulbs are so, every which way. they don't care. They, they go by gravity and sunlight <laughs> they, and right. heat. Geotropism, and, they, they figured yeah. out. Now, if hyacinths, you know, I've had experience with hyacinths. If you plant hyacinths upside down, they'll grow upside down. But tulips <laughs> are a little bit smarter yeah. than that. They'll, they'll well, and tulips and, and daffodils, I guess, are the same, yeah. So... What about bulb fertilizers? Now, I know a lot of people will buy a bone meal or a bulb fertilizer. Um, does it truly help in the, in the root growth, the, the, in the, the bulb growth? bulb fertilizer is good. Um, okay. It's not too high in nitrogen. You don't want a lot of nitrogen because you don't want a long, that, that long growth. You know, they, they usually like, or what, a 4-12-12 or something like that, a little bit less nitrogen. Um, experience with bone meal. Bone meal's changed over the years. It used to be have all the marrow in it and stuff. That it doesn't anymore. Um, just check the pH of your soil. I think is is the best thing to do. Make sure it's not too acidic, um, or, what, or one way or the other. Yeah. When is the timing on that? Like pre pre bloom, after bloom? When do you shoot oh, the fertilizer? Fertilize. I fertilize when you plant. Oh. Um, the other thing is when they first. If you if you don't dig them 
and you don't know where they are in your yard, but when they first <laughs> stick their noses out in, mm -hmm. in January, well, normally January, this year maybe February or March, <laughs> March. Um, that's a good time to just put a, a little bit granular on top. And that brings up something, because, you know, they come up so early. You get a nice day, and they start coming up. And so do you worry, should I cover them? Or they're so smart, they're not going to really come up until it's time. They're, they're, they're smart. Tulips, you know, you get snow. Well, I always figured if, if I wanted snow, if it was going to get cold and we were going to get that wind, I want a snow cover, because the snow is just like a blanket over the oh, top sure. of them. So, no, they're, they're, from where they're from, they're fine. Tulips do really well. Um, in our conditions here, even whether it snows, um, ice, it's there. Yeah, you, had, really you actually had some ice pictures from, I think, three or four years ago when yeah. we had an ice storm. And that early growth, which freaks people out because, yeah. <laughs> and it was just coated in ice and they seem to come through fine, right? It's right. Those, those first leaves are very protective. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen even, even when we're in bloom, have a hard frost and the tulips all lay down. And by midday, when everything thaws out, they stand right back up. Wow. You'll, you'll even see it like if your vase runs out of water. Oh, just recut, recut the ends, put water in it, and put them back in, and they stand back up. Tulips are like the only flower that continue to grow after you cut them. So yeah. they, I mean, it's they're pretty wild. Pretty, yeah, pretty wild, pretty smart. But tulips, daffodils, don't combine them. So well, oh. you can, but you've got to, with the daffodils, they put a sap out. So if you go out and pick daffodils and tulips and put them in the same vase, you're going to have trouble with your tulips. They're going to collapse. Um, because the tulips try to suck up that sap and it plugs them up. And so they can't get the water they need. So if you want to combine the two, freshen the daffodils, put them in a separate vase overnight, combine them the next morning. It's okay to plant them in the ground oh, together, yeah. just not as a yeah, cut, flower cut flower in the same vase. Yeah. And I've heard that uh, by putting daffodils next to your tulips, daffodils deer tend to shy away from they, deer will eat anything, but I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that uh, you plant some daffodils in amongst your tulips that will sometimes keep deer, have them look elsewhere, like your roses. As rice. <laughs> <laughs> it was grazed down the whole yeah. Yeah. perennial bed until I find something you like. So. Um, are there other, other rules for cut flowers for uh, tulips? You know, you, you hear all sorts of things. I, I think the biggest thing is you need a clean base mm -hmm. without any, you know, clean base, clean amount. Um, and in clean water just fill it up and make sure they don't run out of water you know you might just change the water out if it's no aspirin no, no aspirin no <laughs> vodka no pennies <laughs> no <laughs> that how long should you expect well, you get about a week, week yeah. from a couple of, you know depending where you have it um it, i mean if you get them from us they should last a week yeah. i well let me put it that way I'll, if they've traveled through the system and you get them somewhere else they might not last a week but but i know too is fresh. that when you um sell cut flowers, you sell them, the bloom is very tight. It's tight, we call it green bud stage. So when we pick them, um, sometimes you can't even tell what color they are yet. And then we, we bring them in and we hydro cool them. So which means we, we, um, we sleeve them, we put a sleeve on them and then we put them in water at like 33 degrees, cold water. Because oh. we, we wanna bring down their transpirations and, um, and cool them down. And that, and that just slows them all down. And, and they last a long time. We, we've had them in the, over in the cooler for two weeks while we're waiting for orders. Uh -huh. um, but oh. they, they, last, they last a long time. And, and then we'll bring them out here, and there might not even be any color on them. But they, they open up. I mean, the color comes. It's same with the daffodils. We pick them in with a pencil stage before they even um, split open. And that's, that's when we did daffodils. That's, that's the stage we picked them. Yeah. It's so fun to watch them, though, to just watch them open up and see yeah. that whole process. It's yeah. really fun at home. Yeah. And like so, you're saying, the stems get longer and longer yeah. in, the, in the vase. We're like, that didn't used to be no. that. Yeah, it changes, yeah. The, changes the whole right. thing. Only flower that does that. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So um, as far as pests, um, I know at home um, we're, we're putting out slug bait. Are there, is that the biggest pest that you have to worry about with tulips? Or are there other ones? Or are there, I mean, they seem to be pretty tolerant of they're, everything. They're so. pretty tolerant. You know, the, some of the, the issues that we struggle with, of course, is if it's too wet in the field, they'll drown out and, you know, in sections of the field. And we, we continually work on that. Um, uh, botrytis. So botrytis is a big one for so us. So that's a mold. That's a mold. And um, we, they call it fire blight. And they call it fire blight because it can actually spread across your whole field overnight. And so we monitor for that. We'll actually walk the field, look for fire heads. So it's, if it's a white kind of mold on the ends of the, ends, ends of the leaves is how it will first show up. 
but if it's not addressed and you don't take care of it, um, it can it, it'll spot your flowers, and then it'll do damage to your whole plant. It's it's not weakens good. the bulb. Right. Weakens the bulb. So we really watch for that. The other the other one we get, and we don't we rogue a little bit for it is um, the virus tulips. So those are known, known often as the Rembrandt tulips. So it's their exotic streaks through them. And, it, and, and it, in the 1600s, that was what Rembrandt painted was these beautiful tulips with streaks through them. It's actually a virus and it, it causes those streaks and it, and it weakens the bulb and aphids um, move it. They're the, they're the vector for that. They'll move it from um, tulip to tulip. So we try to rogue those out so that um, there's not, you know, we don't spray for the insect, we, we rogue the tulips out so that they don't spread it from tulip to tulip. But and the one thing we always tell people is that if you find a virus, if you find a mold in the garbage, don't put it in your compost. The virus tulip, take it in your house and enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> it's really beautiful. The other one, make right. sure you put it in the garbage. Yeah. yeah, but the, you know, we, we take, try, you try to get the bulb out too, but you know, it'll, it'll come back. It, the virus is it's it just because it'll spread to your other other um, tulips and weaken them and so for the botrytis it's just a fungicide if you see it at home if you see it uh, actually get rid of just it just pull it just pull it okay. pull it because it'll show up as a white mold on the end of the leaf mm -hmm. and get it out and just go throw it in the trash okay. because it just you know what are you going to spray on it right. anymore it, it just it's just rogue it. yeah yeah and it's just spores that are like airborne that airborne yeah, just spread. Yeah, just spread. So. so as far as, um, you know, planting, when they're done, obviously you, in our area, I don't mess with them, except <laughs> every few years I dig and I'm surprised at how much they've multiplied. And then I grab a handful and throw them somewhere else in the yard. Is there a time when people should be digging? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Really, you know, the end of May, early June, if you want to move your bulbs, that would be the time to do it. Wait, wait till the foliage is, is all the way dried down, and then before that comes off, you, you might want to just dig them out. Now, some people want to dig them out before that because they want to plant annuals or they want to plant a garden there. Take them out, but take the bulb with it. I mean, take the bulb and stem together and put them in a tray and let them dry down. But it, you know, that's going to take a little bit of the bulb quality away. So it's, it's best if you can just leave them alone until they're completely dried down and then, and then go move them if you're gonna move them at that time. Some people dig them and put them in their garage and then replant them. I say just replant them because you know how many calls we get to say, oh, I just found these bulbs, I mean, this time of year, <laughs> I just found these bulbs and is it too late to plant? Yeah. So, right. you know. Yeah. And you guys ship in September, correct? We and ship in September, October, yeah. Yeah, so and that's when people will find them. And that's the time to plant uh, while the soil is still a little warm? We, well, we want it, you want that soil temperature below 65 degrees. So if you have a really a, a warm fall, you want to wait and delay planting because your disease pressures are higher with that warmer temperature. So it's, it's best if that soil temperature is cooled down and then, and then plant. How late can you plant? We, um, I always say Christmas. Oh. <laughs> really? That's so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah well, late. we had one year out here. Wow. If you remember, oh, 2019, I think, was the year that it rained all fall. And uh, you I can't get a tractor in the field. Oh. We couldn't. We had, our, we had half of our field planted, and we couldn't get in the field. And we ended up taking a grass seed field out and planting the rest of it. Like close, it was close to Christmas before wow. we got the wow. field in. It was, it was awful. That doesn't happen very often. Um, but it can happen. How much does that delay if people don't get their bulbs in? Is it delay it significantly or not? No, it depends where you've got it stored. If you've got it stored where it's already got the pre-chilled, you know, if, once, they, once they get a certain amount. So, when, for example, when we force tulips, we have to put them in uh, cooler for, at, you know, what, 45 degrees for 13 to 15 weeks. It's, it's like a recipe book. Once you hit that, then they just need amount of warm temperature and then you'll have a flower. So it's the same here. You know, if we get warm weather, that field's going to bloom like really quick. Mm. But you have to have warm, warm weather. weather. Right, right. And, and we just haven't had the warm weather. Yeah. So we're, we're way behind. But once that temperature comes, you, you'll be out there, almost be able to watch those tulips grow out there and, and pop. But you just need that warm temperature. And, that, and that's the thing this year is, you know, Mother Nature just isn't cooperating very well. <laughs> This. Yeah. <laughs> so, you so, know, with, with bulbs, you know, we're talking planting them in the ground, but, you know, they can also be done in like permanent fixtures in a container. 
Like make, mixed containers on pa on patios, is that a good place for them if it, you're worried it, about drainages? If you're worried like about that? drainage. The, the thing is that's kind of its own little microclimate, own little, it's, it's when, even when you top those bulbs, that, that container's probably gonna dry out a little faster than it would out in the soil. Right. So you have to be, the bulbs are gonna be smaller. Yeah. And so next year, will they be as good? Maybe not, maybe, so. I always it, do it, it just because I love that surprise. And it, I, <laughs> it I'm does. not really looking for the next year, but uh -huh. I just love them because it's like that, that I don't know, that spring surprise right on yeah. the deck. Yeah. Put a yeah. little layer of tulips yeah. or bulbs yeah. down and then yeah. put, put some annuals on top. And yeah. in the spring, you're pleasantly surprised oh, with what, yeah. what comes up through your pansies or primroses yeah. and your pots I and containers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you offer your bulbs online all year long so people could... Or I know that a lot of times if people wait too late, you sell out of right. We, we we'll right. open that up here in early March mm -hmm. for bulb sales for next fall, and then usually towards the end of uh, or middle of October we we shut that down. Um, but we we've already got a bulb order for next year. Oh. Came in the mail last week. Oh. In the mail. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, but it's not just tulips. You guys offer. We have, know. yeah, we have other. We have, we. I mean, we used to grow a lot of daffodils. We don't, we don't grow daffodils like anymore. Um, but we have hyacinths, crocus, some other things, just to extend that bloom time. You know, because it's so nice. I mean, the crocus are already blooming. Um, the iris reticulata are blooming. So it's kind of the things we like to see in the right. yard. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of that anticipation and and the smell of daffodils. I uh, I love the smell. So it is. It's the a fragrance. Yes. And it's a sign of spring. It yeah. is. So it really really it's like you know, when you start seeing those bulbs coming up and they start to bloom, there's yeah. like, oh. we've made it through winter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Barb, thanks for all those tips because we have to re have all that memories of how to do that, we, um, but we want to come and enjoy them. So, what should we do to come and enjoy them? So, well, come out here and enjoy <laughs> them. So, our tickets, you know, one of the things with COVID, we've gone to online ticketing. So you need to buy your ticket online. And by doing that, you're not gonna sit in traffic that to get in good. here. So that's the, the experience to get here is so much better. You know, for years we heard, oh, I'll never come on a weekend because I have to sit in, in line in traffic for hours. No, the, the online ticketing has, has, um, has eliminated that and, it, and it's a better. And, and so we give you details there if you wanna um, come and enjoy the sunrise. We sell a limited number of sunrise passes, so come out and you can take the sunrise over the oh, cascades wow. out here oh, with the tulips, lovely. beautiful. Uh, we have drone passes, so one of the things people always wanna know, can I bring my drone out? Whoa. So we sell a limited number of drone passes in the morning before we open up. So oh, there smart. aren't people wow. out there, so you can come out and get that drone shot. Um, we've got a senior pass. Um, we've, we've got, if, you, if you've got a group of friends, you can, we've got uh, tickets that the price goes down a little bit, so a group discount rate. Oh, nice. um, so we, we're doing some things like that. We've um, done hot air balloons. Hot air balloons. So yeah. we've got hot air balloons out here. We do tethers. So there's, there's uh, Portland Rose. He flies in the morning. He takes off from here. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a couple other balloonists that come out, and they'll do tethers at the edge of the field. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Um, the photos beautiful. are amazing the photos when you are, see that. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And, you know, some of the safety things we do is, you know, we do a top tether. You know, it's not just off of the basket. So they're really, we're really cognizant that sure. the, the wind and things like that that could happen in the, in the spring. So these guys, we meet with them, we're, they're on top of it. They do a great job. We use those big concrete blocks so that they're not picking things up and moving around. So. And that, you know, and sometimes <laughs> you mentioned the wind. I know in the past there have been cancellations because of the wind. Mm -hmm. Once again, the website is uh, website. wouldn't choose. And the, the, and the hot air balloonists, they actually have a, 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 a number you can call to see if they're out here and open. Oh, okay. And, and they, they take thousands of calls from people oh. wanting to know if they're flying. And, but it's, it's really that last year we had a lady that was 99 years old. Oh get on that she'd never been up in one before and we Aww. got her in and she did a tether and i mean there's That's just amazing. things like yeah. that that are really really fun you know so after they you know book their tickets and they're coming out is there anything they should be bringing with them you know you have all the food and things here but you know just to make sure that their experience boots <laughs> uh, you, you know heels really you can leave the heels at home <laughs> although we see them out here um, one, one of my iconic shots that I really like is years ago I was walking through the field and I look over and there's this these high heel red ruby red shoes sticking out through the flowers. <laughs> it was a beautiful oh. shot because I started taking <laughs> pictures. But um, 
you, so you never know what you're right. going to see out here. But you, you don't need to bring those to Wonder Ring, <laughs> if you, unless they're a photo prop. But, but usually boots, um, just, you know, layer, because you never know what the weather's going to be out here. Right. And your camera. And your cam. Well, yeah, your phone. Your, your phone or camera. Yeah, yeah. Umbrella and sunscreen. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never depending know. Depending on which goes. Right. And I know you guys um, incorporate the wine into the yes. tulip fields. And you used to do, are you A couple doing tastes, yeah. You come in and get a couple tastes. So Excellent. when you come, come try our wine. You know, it's, like I say, the Albarino is a little bit different. We've got um, Marichal Foch, the Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir mm. Rosé. We've got, we've got some different wines. So come out. Some sparkling, some, a sweet Tempranillo that's really popular. So... Come try the wine. You have everything for big kids and little kids. Little, yeah, big <laughs> and little kids. After, after so kind the, of a long, wet, dreary, cold, oh, cold winter. So our food mm -hmm. vendors this year, we've got, um, we've got, we've got some. Uh, just watch our website and watch our, our social media because we're working with them to do signature food items, not just oh, your, you know, oh, not just your curly fries, curly fries or something, but <laughs> right. but but a twist on that. Nice. So I'm, we, we've met with them all doing some creative stuff, so we're hoping they come up with some good ideas. Kind of like what um, French Prairie did, you know, that, that's real big, the, mm -hmm. the signature drink with, I mean, that's yeah. like a thousand calories or something. <laughs> but, but just You're gonna walk a, it a off different, yeah, yeah, exactly. A <laughs> little, bit, little bit different treats, so yeah. we're, 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 we're excited about that. Oh. Well, we're working with the uh, U.S. Postal Service this year. They're gonna release a postage stamp, a tulip postage stamp. And so wow. they're coming out here, they're flying out from D.C. And they'll have a stage and they Whoa. are releasing uh, tulip uh, postage stamps. Oh, and then, yeah, wow. so stay tuned for that one. That's, yeah, that's, for, if, so if you're a stamp collector, that's, apparently you buy them and you can get this, your autograph of oh. the release on it. Um, wow. We'll, f we'll find out. Yeah. So they have a stage ordered and that's uh, in early April. We're going to have that's that cool. out here. Um, What's the other tease that you're saying? There's another reveal coming up. Oh, a reveal. So we've got that little Ferguson tractor that last year was the bumblebee or the bee. And we do a contest every year of what, what are we going to paint it? And so that'll be probably the first week we open we'll okay. reveal what, what actually won. I think we had, we had four things that, that were the top four. And so oh, we, we've painted that. And so we'll cover it up and do a, a big reveal <laughs> of what, what we painted it. So check the website for that too. Yeah, if last, you're not here. Yeah, okay. last year was a bee. That was that was real That's fun. Cute. A lot of people oh. wanted us to keep it the bee, and it was really cute. Oh. But the idea is to, to change right. it up every year. And what's the website address to go to? Because there's so much great information. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> it's woodenshoe.com. It's really yeah. difficult. Yeah. Woodenshoe.com. Oh, you made it easy. Thank yeah. you. And your Facebook page. Um, you're, you're all over social media. Yes. And I'll tell you what. In the cold, dreary days, even in spring. Just go there and look at pictures. Oh, I mean, it, it does so much for your um, mental health. It's incredible. It really does. You know, we get a lot of photographers out here. Mm. That, and, and photographers that are just, I mean, they put my work to shame. I'm just, I, I use my phone anymore. I leave my <laughs> big camera inside because the, the shots they get are brilliant, the, especially yeah. the sunrise shots. The sunrise to me That's is the it. prettiest time to be out here. It's just there's something about right. watching that sun come up and the brilliance of the flowers, and mm. it's, it's unreal. Well, Barb, thank you so much for um, letting fun. us come out and visit with you. This has always been one of our favorite places. I mean, I remember our very first Garden Time show was taped here at the fields, and this is it's it's a couple Judy. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple. Um, but it, it is uh, such an uh, icon, these fields, for people to come and, and bring their families for years and for generations. So you're seeing grandchildren of whose parents were children when they, and grandparents were children when they first came out. So I think it's just fantastic. So um, as we mentioned before, if you want more information, go to uh, woodenshoe.com. We'll have links at gardentime.tv. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to see it, you can actually go to gardentime.tv. We have a video portion of this. Um, we thank you so much. We thank our sponsors for letting us do this and we look forward to seeing you when we come back um, who knows where we're going to pop up next so um, but thanks for watching and happy gardening at portland nursery we believe that gardening is a creative endeavor that enriches our experience, enlivens the spaces around us, and provides a safe haven for the mind. Portland Nursery has everything you need to make your space feel unique 
inviting and exciting. From houseplants and hedges to trees, tools, veggies and herbs, our selection is always growing and changing, just like you. Come visit us today at 50th and Stark, 90th and Division. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way on, on the, the parkway. parkway.